Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Well, I want to welcome to the program Craig Howard. He is with Family Promise of Spokane as the development manager. Craig, welcome to the program. Thanks, Tom. As you know, I'm an avid listener to the show, so it's a real privilege to be on Sound Insight. Family Promise is an initiative that touches in, in the Spokane area, but even beyond, but it touches an issue that goes far beyond. But uh, your own um, your own work and uh, uh, as a result of your own faith in the Lord um, brings you in many directions and connected you to me. Um, and it was a real thrill to find out that uh, you listen to Sound Insight and Sacred Heart Radio. I think that's really cool. How did you find out about uh, Sacred Heart Radio and Sound Insight, I guess, is just sort of a nice little entry point question. Well, as you know, I'm also a pretty avid sports fan, but I, I reached a point where sports radio had just become too abrasive and just too negative in my life. And so I literally started just flipping channels and came to 970 AM here locally. And just the, the programming just really resonated with me. I, I love the energy. I love the positivity of it. And Sound Insight and, and Father John Ricardo and some of these other shows, Christ is the Answer, really added to my day instead of with sports radio, just kind of chipping away at my enthusiasm and optimism. So I just felt, you know, just recharged and, and replenished li- listening to Sacred Heart Radio. And really, it's become part of my day. Every time I get in the car, this will sound like a paid commercial, but it's true. I really, I tune in to 970 and very rarely fail to be uplifted and inspired uh, in my faith. That's uh, that, that means so much to me. That's really beautiful because uh, you, you know, if you listen to my program, I am on my knees crying out to the Lord, please use the program and use the network to be a blessing uh, to those who listen that the Lord's kingdom will break into this world, break into people's lives, and then fill them in a way that makes them want to pour out, right? If we're called to be salt, light, and leaven in this world. And if all we're doing is literally filling airspace, filling time, a time slot, what good is that? What good is right. that? Or if it's merely entertaining, right? Because you talked about abrupt and, and gruff and harsh and, and negative, it's like well, let's let's bring some light into this yeah. world. Let's bring some the light of Christ into this world and and take on some of those forces of darkness that are bringing such pain and suffering in the world. Well, as you know, my background is journalism. That's how you and I originally met through a story in the Valley Current last year. And you know, being part of the media, you know, I'm not part of the liberal anti-faith media. I'm part of the uh, pro-faith media, and I think. One of the things the adversary does is try to convince us that the world is this dangerous, hostile, unfriendly place. And there's lots lots of parts of this world that do meet that definition. However, I think it's our role as believers to to proclaim the good news, right? To let people know that there's so much good going on in the world. There's so many great causes. There's so much compassion and and a lot of people doing good and, and having great accomplishments in this world, whether it's youth or adults or kids. So that's what I'm part of. I'm, you know, I think Family Promise aligns with that kind of priority and that mission. And uh, I think every day we wake up, we have a choice. We can either live in, in the dark foreboding world, or we can live in the world that Christ has given us, which is to live the abundant life and focus on our blessings and our opportunities. Amen to that, Craig. And Craig, today is... Uh... If there's a hat you're wearing today, it's the, as the development manager of Family Promise of Spokane. And folks, if you've been listening to Sound Insight, that 
that name of that uh, nonprofit organization, Family Promise of Spokane, is uh, is an organization that I've um, been able to highlight a couple of times in the past couple of years because of their important work in taking on one of the most painful scourges that is often hidden, but just because it's hidden, it doesn't mean it's not there. Did you like that phrase there, Craig? Do yeah, you want to get that good. from right out of our uh, <laughs> PR handbook there, Tom? I think right on familypromiseofspokane.org's website. So, Craig, I just said there's a scourge that's hidden, but just because it's hidden doesn't mean it's not there. What am I talking about? Which means I want you to tell us about family promise. So, family homelessness is the hidden homelessness in our community. We know that nationwide, families are the fastest growing, unfortunately, demographic of homelessness in our country. Uh, locally in Spokane County, they represent about 35% now of the local homeless population. However, it's, it's tricky because you don't see families typically standing on the corner of, of Sprague and Division uh, with cardboard signs. There and are, Craig, just, I want you to just, just, you said something that just shocked me. 35%. 35% of the homeless are families. It's not right. just an individual because we are so quick to conceptually um, put into a box the homeless as those who are drug addicted, who have mental illness, and who won't leave homelessness anyways, right? We are so easy to, to wall ourselves off from having a sense of concern or connection to them. But when you just said that 35% of the homeless are families, that is shocking to me. Yeah. Well, when you consider the Inovia Foundation just last month came out with a stat where 85% of families now have been priced out of the housing market here locally. And as a realtor, Tom, I'm sure you can appreciate that with escalating home prices. So we know that our last stats in uh, local school districts, almost 2,300 K through 12 kids were without permanent homes. And that's under the McKinney-Vinto Homeless Assistance Act, the federal definition of homelessness. One in about every 25 in a classroom uh, will be without a permanent home. And again, it's couch surfing, it's living out of motels, it's that lack of permanence. You know, studies have shown that the kids who ex experience any level of extended homelessness are three times more likely to drop out of school, five times more likely to commit some sort of violent crime, and the really heartbreaking one, seven times more likely to attempt suicide in their lifetime. So, what we're trying to do at Family Promise is shed a light on this problem in a way that generates support for what we're doing. We continue to be the only nonprofit in the region focused exclusively on family homelessness. It's all we do. We're a one-stop shop. There are other great uh, you know, nonprofit causes like Catholic Charities and Salvation Army and Volunteers of America that do what we do. But all we do is work with and support families experiencing homelessness or on the verge of homelessness. So five low barrier shelters in Spokane County now. We, rare, we, we never break up families. We always keep families together. I think you knew that part of our mission. Uh, we have a 94% rate of keeping families in permanent housing up to two years after they leave our shelters. But, you know, for me, it's the stories, you know, of the single mom a year and a half ago who had basically you know, one phrase on her exit interview, which was family promise taught me that I was worth caring about. And this was a woman that had been through a lot of hardships. And you think about that phrase, wow, 34 years old and never knew that, that she was worth caring about, that she was one 
of God's precious daughters. And, you know, it took uh, our organization to help her understand that. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, well, Craig, when I think about the, this reality that we have one life to live, right. And we want to live a life that's noble and worthy. Uh, I was talking about it with my kids just last night. So in father's day, honoring father's day, um, we were just gathering together as a family. And one of the uh, things that we did as an activity was Carrie had questions for me about being a father. And um, she asked me about what did I admire in my own father? Mm-hmm. And it, it got me thinking, right. And it just, it, and so I, I I'll share more about that outside of this interview, but my point, the point of bringing this up for is that there's this whole sense of a legacy. There's this whole sense of um, wanting to, um, hand something on. Like when I think about what I'm handing on to my kids, if they don't have a sense of how precious they are, yeah. of how loved they are, uh, of how valuable they are as, as a child of God, as one who has a call that um, brings them beyond this world, right? To uh, everlasting life with God, then what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Um, and so the, the idea that you can connect in with an initiative, a nonprofit organization like Family Promise, and help address that in the lives of those who have been given far less or found themselves in circumstances apart from their willing it, wanting it, or choosing it, they find themselves victims of circumstances and situations where now all of a sudden they're homeless. They don't have a safe place to have their kids be raised or have had to flee a situation where they were in danger. And it's like, how can we, how can we get around them? How can we circle around them and provide them with support, encouragement, counseling, accountability, practical, practical guidance. And, and that's the work of family promise. Yeah. And no, uh, you are much more of a scriptorian than I am. I try to read my scriptures every day, but thinking about a couple passages in Luke where, you know, Jesus talks about kind of introducing himself to the world, quoting Isaiah 61, you know, he's proclaimed, he was anointed to proclaim the good news to the poor. And then later, I believe it's in Luke 14. I love this passage because I think it resonates with a lot of people today where, you know, a lot of us are just about status and, and prestige, right? And, and how big our cars are and you know, I grew up on the west side of the state, too, and went to Federal Way High School. So I, I grew up around that. And certainly it's everywhere. It's here in Spokane, not to just stereotype. But, you know, in Luke 14, Christ talks about when you invite people to your dinners and to your banquets, don't invite your, your high-profile friends and your family that will repay you here on earth. Invite the poor, the lame, the crippled, where your, rep- your repayment will be in heaven. And so you, it made me think of that when you were talking about legacy, you know, do we want to live a, leave a legacy here? Yeah, we do, but we want to leave a legacy that will last generations. And that's really what we're trying to do at Family Promise is break that cycle of homelessness for these families. You know, our heart goes out to the individual homeless man or woman in Spokane County and their struggles. And we certainly, you know, appreciate all the efforts to help those people. What we're trying to do is you know, nip it in the bud is that give those families and those kids those tools they need to avoid that next generation of homelessness. 
so that child goes grows up knowing how to you know get a good job or get into a better college and novia foundation again doing some amazing things about providing college scholarships to you know kids here locally so you know we work with over 100 resources in areas like mental health housing education food security substance abuse you know in reality family promise is just an entry point i mean we're getting them in they might just be you know being evicted that day and come into one of our shelters if we have room they are coming in they are getting clothed they are getting fed they are getting a warm place to sleep that night you know we do a sex offender check you know as every nonprofit does once they pass that they are coming in and they are, there's a triage that takes place with our case management where they are encircled in in the arms of God's love and we t- always talk about you know, we are a community-centered nonprofit that it, we are faith-friendly and faith-encouraging. So we work with many, many churches here. We started in 1997 with 13 churches here in Spokane County, providing shelter space in their basements, in their cultural halls, in their gyms. And in March of 20, we lost all of our church shelter space, and it's never come back. So we've done a major league pivot and need the community's help to support these low barrier shelters that have replaced our shelters, our church shelters that have still not come back. That's Craig Howard today with me on Sound Insight. He is the development manager for Family Promise of Spokane. Familypromiseofspokane.org is the website. And there's another reason why I had Craig on. And when we come back from our break, Craig is going to talk to us about a an initiative that's coming up this Saturday that just might might change you how you see things, just might bring about a little bit of a, a conversion in terms of how we relate to the concept of homelessness. I'm excited to have a chance to let Craig talk to you about it. And I'm going to do that in a minute on Sound Insight. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. I'm with Craig Howard. He's with Family Promise of Spokane. As a husband and a father, I want to lead, provide, and protect. Lead, provide, and protect my family. I, I say that theme quite a bit. It's so important. It lays out these fundamental pillars. When I think about protection, it's oftentimes, okay, spiritual, and it's relational, but it's also just at a very like foundational level, uh, having a, a warm bed and a safe place for my kids to sleep to know that they will be protected from the elements and that they will be in a location that is frankly safe and secure. And I, I kind of take that for granted. I take it for granted that it's, it's just sort of a given almost because I've been in an economic situation where I can afford a place to stay. And we've never had such economic or financial ruin that we've lost the ability to have a place to, uh, have uh, you know a roof over our heads to use that phrase. Well, one of the things that um, I've done with my kids, and one of the things I encourage, and Craig, you can probably relate to this, is we want our kids to experience um, the challenges and difficulties that the greater part of humanity is facing right now. And so, having it hard. So right now, as we're talking, Craig, um, two sons of mine are in. Uh, in 100-degree weather, um, working on the streets of New Orleans, and at night, uh, trying to sleep in uh, a bed that is uh, in a room that is mid-80s, no air conditioning, um, not comfortable at all. 
um, with uh, 25 other guys. And you know what? Good. Good. I'm glad. And my daughter is about to go off on the world race at, at her oldest sister went on. They did it for a year. And my daughter, I still remember her texting me from Myanmar and saying, yeah, I said, what are you doing for Lent? And she said back to me, what am I doing for Lent? I'm sleeping in these four walls in a, in a place that has no electricity, no running water. And a shower is taking ice bucket cold water and pouring it over our heads. Yeah. What do you mean? What am I giving up for Lent? I'm just like, yeah. wow, humbling. But they chose these things and we chose these things for them. So I'm going to let that be my um, just sort of entry point for you to pick up and talk about um, night without a bed. Yeah. Great introduction. And I uh, love the saints, love quotes from the saints. And I believe this was on the air a week or two ago, St. Thomas Aquinas talking about the, the worst type of tribulation is to have no tribulation. Uh, and so I nice. think what we're trying to do with night without a bed. And again, this was, kind of an extension sprouted from the COVID challenges we had back in 20 and they continue somewhat to today. We couldn't do any in-person events, you know, in mid to late 20, we were kind of stuck. And so the national office of family promise, we are now in 43 States. We have over 200 chapters. We're based back in New Jersey. The Spokane chapter is one of the largest and most innovative chapters in the country and National basically said, we got to do something to raise money and awareness. So they came up with Night Without a Bed, which is really a, a very clever, very innovative fundraiser. Essentially, what you do is pledge to spend the night of June 25th outside your bed. Uh, it could be on the floor. It could be in the backyard. It could be on the porch. It could be in your car. Just to give a tiny, tiny glimpse. And I've got to be careful here because I spoke with uh, someone from a local nonprofit last week who himself had experienced some homelessness and kind of gave me a little warning to say that this gives not even the slightest glimpse of what he experienced as, as someone, you know, going through homelessness. And we know that we know there's far more despair and hopelessness when you literally have no resource, no running water, no place to, you know, consistently use the bathroom for one. But what we're trying to do, Tom, is just basically say, take this one night and, you know, it, essentially you don't have your bed. What will you do? Uh, you can still be in your home. You know, this is homelessness light, if you will, really light. Uh, but our goal is to create some empathy and awareness for these families of ours in our community that, you know, literally from day to day, don't know where they're going to be sleeping, don't know where the food for their children is going to come from. So, you know, we hope that people will, after this night, think about, you know, what it means to be homeless in a little more of a, a focused way, in a little more of a compassionate way, and not be so quick to judge. Uh, we had an article in the Spokesman Review a few months ago on our 25th anniversary that talked about uh, this woman who in 2013 fled domestic violence with her seven-year-old son, slept in her car, ended up on the porch of a church basically because that was one safe place she could stay and was eventually referred to family promise. But that's one real life uh, example of, of a little family, mom and a son who were out in the world alone and had nowhere to turn. We often talk about our families not running out of homes per se, but running out of community. When they arrive at the doors of our shelters, they have nowhere else to turn. 
this woman uh, reconnected with us a few months ago is now part of a local church and a leading a volunteer group. And she spearheaded an effort to provide gift baskets to our family. So she's done a 180. It's not a full circle because she's not back and being homeless. But how cool is that to know that someone who, you know, just about 10 years ago did not know where she was going to be staying with her son to now being securely housed, thanks to Family Promise, and giving back to families that are going through the same thing that she and her son did. Well, and Craig, I, I mean, how clear is it that she feels that deep sense of connection and compassion for those because she's gone through it. And that's, that's what I love about this night without a bed and, and, you know, point taken, this is homeless light, right? This is, it's, it's just moving us away from just a little bit of comfort. Right. Right. Um, And because we won't experience the, like someone, a, a wise friend of mine said that true poverty is when you have poverty of choice. Yeah. Right. It's easy. It's easy. There's a difference between going hungry and fasting because when I'm fasting, if I get too hungry, what do I do? I go to the refrigerator. Right. I, yeah. I always have the ability to choose out of it. I always have the, just the freedom to say, I will not be hungry any longer. This is just too hard. Yeah. So the, the, the real poverty associated with homelessness is when you don't have a choice. Uh, yeah. And, and so family promises stepping in and helping to say, we have a space, we have a place, we have, a, we have the ability for you to belong. And I just think that's so powerful. And folks, well, I, I know that there are, uh, did you want to say something about that, Craig? Well, just real quick, I was going to say, I think a lot of us feel helpless in the face of poverty and homelessness. This is one small thing you can do to empower yourself and your family and your group to say, we're going to not just stand still and do something, we're going to take part in this share in some way the hopelessness that they feel, convert that to hope and support for a cause that's helping families. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And there are ways for you to do this, folks. If you want to find out more about Night Without a Bed and even sign up, you can sign up and let them know, let let Family Promise know uh, we're another family. We're signing up for Night Without a Bed this Saturday night, June the 25th. You can go to familypromiseofspokane.com. Org, family promise of Spokane.org. You'll see an event button on the top right. Click on that. You'll see night without a bed. You can click on that. It'll bring you through all the information and you can sign up. Uh, it also, though, is an awareness raiser for the need to provide financial help for families that are homeless. And so, Craig, I know that one of the things that you guys also do is you raise an awareness around look, if you can stand with us financially, if you can stand with Family Promise financially, you also will help end homelessness for a family for really not that much money. It's amazing what you guys are able to do with a small, regular donation to help a family get out of homelessness. Yeah, we talk about how $43 a day provides uh, you know, 24 hours of care for a family. You know, and if you can be a monthly donor at that amount or more, it, it really helps our cause. And again, I, I think it's just going back to that awareness piece. It's easy to hide and just, you know, shield ourselves from all these social problems that surround us. And that's not going to get us anywhere. You know, I, I love the story, if we have time real quick, uh, of Karen Olson, who founded Family Promise back in 1986. And you and I would not be having this talk had Karen Olson not stopped 
and spoken to a woman at Grand Central Station named Millie who had experienced years of homelessness. And Karen, for some reason, back in 1983, she was a high-powered advertising executive working in Manhattan and commuted there every day, seen Millie before, had a prompting that day, I'm, I'm just going to get her a breakfast sandwich. And she gave her the sandwich thinking that would be fine. I'll go about my work day. What Millie did was say, thank you for this food. But what I really need is just to be heard. I feel like thousands of people pass me every day and don't, and I'm invisible. Uh, they don't see me. And she started developing this friendship with Millie. She would bring her two sons into the city on weekends and they would pass out food. Eventually it morphed into uh, this idea she had back in Union County, New Jersey to uh, provide housing for families. She struggled with property owners and developers. There's this great story of her coming out of a meeting with uh, one of the landlords and seeing, uh, it might've been a Catholic parish right in front of her, but she saw three churches within like a three, you know, three block radius and boom, light bulb. Why don't we work with churches to provide shelter space. That was the origin of Family Promise, is to work with the faith communities in towns and cities throughout our country. And, you know, no surprise, the faith community responded in a huge way. And, you know, locally we work with St. Aloysius and, and St. Joseph, St. Anthony's, the list goes on, uh, Sacred Heart, a lot of Catholic parishes, a lot of, um, you know, the Protestant churches, an amazing faith community that even though we don't have those shelters in there, uh, like we did before, they're rallying with financial support, with volunteers. And so to your point, awareness, empathy, the compassion that Christ told us to foster in our lives and not just being apathetic in the face of struggles of our fellow you know, men and women. Uh, I, it's a blessing to work there. I, I really feel very honored to be able to work at Family Promise. That's Craig Howard again. He's the development manager at Family Promise of Spokane. Remember that website, familypromiseofspokane.org. And talking not only about the, the, the scourge, which is family homelessness, and the important work Family Promise is doing to help bring an end to that, not only here in the Spokane area, but in 43 states around the country. Uh, Craig, I know that the, the reality of inflation, food shortages, increased prices of things. And then um, I know interest rates, it, it seems like it's only going to make things harder for families. Uh, I've heard now about the beginning of uh, businesses that have had to start letting go of their workers. And that's going to trickle down into families not being able to make their mortgage payments or their rent payments. And all of a sudden now there's going to be uh uh, an influx of uh, homeless families that are going to uh, likely uh, start showing up across the state of Washington. Is that something that you guys have any um, insight into? Any is this a, is this an active conversation that's happening at Family Promise? Absolutely. You know, you make a great point. KXLY came out with a report last month about Spokane County having the highest uh, rent. Uh, rate increases in the state and the third highest in the country. So we're seeing families uh, just really struggling to cover rent. We work with landlords. We do a lot of rental assistance. We talk about prevention, right? So if we can get these families uh, to avoid homelessness by paying a rent or, you know, providing some of that support on the front end, 
but you know, we're now almost two years from when the mayor of Spokane declared a housing emergency in our community. That doesn't happen a whole lot. So we know that having a safe and warm home is, is a blessing and a privilege, but it also should be a right. I mean, we just believe that everybody has the right to safe and secure housing. And that goes down to, you know, right down to the womb, <laughs> you know, uh, moms and children and, and babies on the way. Last summer, we opened up our family infant house over by Gonzaga University, which is uh, the site of the first Anna Ogden Hall in our community, which many of our listeners might remember the Dominican sisters. So uh, we're moving in on, on 35 babies helped at that site where, you know, uh, expectant moms and moms with infants up to a year old can go there and just feel safe, just feel secure knowing that they'll have their own room, that they can fix dinners at night. Uh, one of my favorite stories is when I first started at Family Promise almost two years ago, my boss, Joe Ader, who's been on this program, told the story of a woman, uh, this mom, We, our main shelter is at Mission in Napa, and he went into the main shelter one day and sees this woman from the back basically sobbing, you know, just tell she's just, just really breaking down in tears, approaches her and just says, what, what is the problem? You know, what can I do to help you? And Turns out these were tears of joy and relief. And she told the story of, it was the first time in almost three months that she'd been able to cook a meal in one of our kitchenettes at our main shelter for her kids. Simple, you know, common day, you know, tasks for the rest of us. You know, I think I cry when I have to make a dinner because it's such a burden, but she was crying out of just gratitude and just, relief knowing that she could, I think it was spaghetti or something simple, but just that, that feeling that she was being the mom that she wanted to again for her kids was just a source of such great joy for her. That's beautiful. That's Craig Howard again, development manager at Family Promise in Spokane. And Craig, when I, um, when I heard that you guys had reached out um, and said, hey, we want to highlight the Night Without a Bed initiative. Again, that's coming up on this Saturday, the 25th of June, folks. And it's an opportunity to raise awareness in, in your own life, in your own family about the, the pain, uh, the suffering, the, the, the uncomfortability, right, that, that is part of uh, being without a, a safe, stable secure environment to, to raise your family, to have your kids be present. Um, I think that Craig, when I, um, when we, um, we were recently touched by a, a family that what we call them refugees. Well, they literally were refugees from the Ukraine. And um, I, I might've told the story before, but this is a family that, you know, you hear about the bombs dropping, you know, Russian bombs dropping and hitting homes. Well, this was one of the homes that got hit and they showed us the picture of their beautiful home in the Ukraine with this big hole in the roof where a bomb hit. They were showing us pictures of them kind of hiding in, uh, in like bathtubs and downstairs in their basement. And then told the story of them fleeing in a car with the Russian soldiers coming up the driveway and they're heading out the back being shot at. And, and the mom literally was shot with a bullet and here was her wound. Wow. And here's this family now in an apartment in the Spokane area. Um, and they are like just scraping by, like, can we clean a house and, and fix, clean up a yard? Yeah. Um, and this is a corporate attorney 
right? Who they had a comfortable life. Um, they had worked hard and had achieved a level of safety and security and all of a sudden all gone, all gone. And now here they are. And, you know, you hear that extreme case and then people say, Oh, I want to get in. I want let me help them. Let me help them because it's so extreme. It's so out there and it, it receives such publicity that it's one of those situations that people maybe want to come alongside. It's, it's one of those GoFundMe pages that's going to get all kinds of money. Right. Um, but you guys, are, you guys are down there, like literally at the street level, to reach out and to say, we're available if you're in a difficult circumstance in life. Um, and maybe, maybe that just in terms of helping to educate like the listeners of Sound Insight here, um, could you identify some of the like, reasons why families end up being homeless in, in the world that we're in today without the, you know, with not the extreme, right? The, the thing that is much closer to the ground of where, where we're talking about. Um, because we, I don't think that we are, are, are keyed in. We're not keyed in. For instance, you said a statistic that one in 25 students is touched by homelessness. And how many of you parents are out there listening, thinking, well, I've got, I, my kid is in a classroom that has 25 kids. You're saying one of those kids statistically is touched by homelessness. That would be, that would rock their world. Yeah. No, those are, they're great questions. I, I hearken back to a class I took at Sacred Heart uh, Medical Center by Amy Yardley, a, a local lecturer it's called Communicating in the Culture of Poverty, and a huge wake-up call for me. It was such a good course. I took it twice when I was at another local nonprofit, here, SNAP, here in town. But what I learned is, you know, we make a lot of assumptions and a, and a lot of judgments about people experiencing poverty. The reality is many of us are just a paycheck or two away from being in the same situation. You talk about causes. You know, we're trying to address causes that relate back to I think, you know, probably best phrased as maybe institutional entitlement or privilege. You know, I grew up in a family where my dad was an engineer, you know, paid my way through college. You know, I got a job right out of college. A lot of families in our community, a lot of kids don't have that luxury. Uh, it goes back to just, uh, you know, how their family has been able to make it in this world. This is a tough world to get by in. And when housing is so expensive and now inflation, things along those lines. Uh, one thing we try to do is teach financial literacy, uh, how to save, how to balance a checkbook, how to be responsible with your finances. You know, how many of us in high school never learned any of that? I didn't, you know, and so we get out and we, you know, people see these credit cards or payday loans or some of these predatory ways that uh, companies unfortunately go after individuals and families and pretty soon they're facing a mountain of debt. And so what we try to do is just try to help our families to navigate some of these networks in a way that's smart and, and looks out for their kids. You know, we talk to parents all the time. They want a better life for their kids. And so what does that mean? That might mean going back to school or, or getting or earning a trade or, you know, we need more welders in this community. I know that for sure. So we're just trying to connect dots. And we know that there's not one single cause of poverty or homelessness we do know that it takes compassion and empathy and awareness to address any of those causes and the results of those causes. So 
we're not judging, we're helping, we're extending that hand, the hand up, not the hand out. We don't want to enable. You know, my boss talks all about the, all the time about we, we don't want to be in the shelter business. You know, it'd be great five or 10 years from now to not have to run shelters. We want people to be independent and self-reliant and feel good about their lives and what they're doing. So, you know, there are causes, substance abuse, you know, is when people start to self-medicate, there's, there's mental health issues. And locally, we're doing better as a community to, to you know, address those issues early. Uh, we had a family almost two years ago, dad came in and um, his son was experiencing these really heartbreaking stress-induced seizures, like epileptic seizures, when you know, dad would lose his car or the job situation and the kid would really struggle and go into these fits. Got the child into counseling, I think he was 10, and got him on medication through a resource here in town. The interesting thing, Tom, was at the same time as this son was getting this support, the dad, as he sat in on these sessions, realized that he had all this trauma as a child that he that he had never addressed. And so, um, sorry, but it's, um, I get emotional because, you know, it's, it's just this, the sadness that has not been uncovered. And when we uncover it, it is heartbreaking, but then there's this joy when we address the cause of the sadness. And so, you know, the dad got into counseling through the same resource and started addressing some of his ACEs, the adverse childhood experiences. And all our families, almost to a family, have high A scores, just a lot of bad stuff going on. Um, and so the good news is the dad gets the help he needs. He gets a good counselor. The son, you know, starts to work through his issues. And the family, you know, by Thanksgiving of that year, they were in their own apartment and just stabilized. And it's not, you know, happily ever after. I'm sure they're going to have their challenges, but we got them the help they didn't have before. And that started a road to recovery and to healing for that family. Craig, that's a very powerful story. That's Craig Howard with Family Promise of Spokane talking with me today about the important work they're doing to walk with and give a hand up to families that are uh, have lives touched by homelessness and helping them get beyond that to a, a place of stability, a healthier foundation so they can move forward with hope. Um, Craig, I want to ask you about um, some of the concrete ways that you've seen families come close. If uh, they're not working for Family Promise, they can work with, they can get connected to Family Promise. And I want to talk a little bit more about that in, in our final section today. Today, I'm joined by Craig Howard. He is the development manager of Family Promise of Spokane. Please go to the website, familypromiseofspokane.org. You'll see some eye-opening statistics, things that are hard for us to realize about the, the way in which uh, families uh, are homeless today and, and the painful sources and then uh, the painful impacts that it has on the lives of, of family members whose lives are marked by homelessness, but also beautiful ways in which Family Promise of Spokane, not only in Spokane, but in 43 states and across the state of Washington are making an impact. Um, what I wanna do, Craig, and welcome back to the program is um, help listeners um, say, what can I do to take a step forward today? What does taking a step forward today look like? And you can talk about it in terms of folks that are local, 
that are right around us here in the Spokane area that are listening to the program? What can they do to get involved with Family Promise? And then folks that are across the state that maybe are not able to access Spokane County and uh, the local uh, the local uh, visit places that uh, Family Promises is working, what can they do to get involved with Family Promise? You know, great question, Tom. And I think first and foremost for me, it's that education piece. Get online, go to not only Family, Family Promise of Spokane, our, our website, but Catholic Charities, Salvation Army. You know, these organizations are specialists. You know, we're specialists in this field and we've done a lot of research. We've done a lot of, you know, digging about causes and solutions. And I think once you have that awareness and that that knowledge of a problem, you can better address that problem. And so, you know, I know on our website, we have uh, stories, we have anecdotal material, we have stats. If you appreciate numbers, we have plenty of numbers that show that. And then, you know, pick what best suits you. I, you know, it could be, I, you know, I'm a good friend of Jessica Kovac with Blessings Under the Bridge here locally. And for some people going down there on Wednesday night for their meal night under the bridge, is really their volunteer cup of tea. You know, they're serving the the most underprivileged, the most vulnerable among us, and and giving them that warm plate of food is is really what is is rewarding to them. For other people, you know, uh, d- providing in kind donations. You know, at Family Promise, we always need furniture. We always need you know materials and 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 home items for our families that move out of, out of our shelters. We, we sometimes make the wrong assumption uh, that, you know, they're just going to be fine. Well, you've done your shelter time. You can go out and live in this world. Well, that's not the case. They need ongoing support. And I think I may have mentioned that we provide up to two years of case management after they leave our shelters, but they need couches. They need beds. They need kitchen tables. You know, we don't want them to be, you know, having dinner on the floor um, with paper plates. That's not, we want to honor them. We want to help them feel worthy of the comforts and the blessings that they're, that they really are theirs inherently as children of God. And so I just think, um, you know, taking the time to go to a cause that maybe resonates with you and do it in a way that's intentional and not just checking a box, you know, just, just get in there and maybe it could be Union Gospel Mission or Second Harvest where you're taking your kids to, help do inventories and, 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 and stockpile food or something, but there, there's no excuse in our community or really any community to sit idly by and not help the most vulnerable among us and help them feel loved and worthy and appreciated. So my first piece of advice, go to websites where you are and maybe just do a Google search, homelessness, uh, food insecurity, veterans, you know, whatever it might be. and you can, you can find a way to help. Yeah, amen to that. And uh, I don't want you to be um, uh, shy about saying to folks that are at a distance that, um, that have been blessed financially. Um, I know that there are a number of families, there's a whole big swath of Americans right now whose economic reality has become more fragile. But I also know that there are a number of folks whose economic condition is not gonna be really fundamentally impacted by 
the reality of inflation and interest rates and scarcity that um, the Lord has blessed you and you know who you are, you know, whoever you are that, that that's listening to this, that um, one of the things to, to consider, to pray about is that what has been put into your hands is a gift from the Lord that you are called to be a steward of. And the question becomes, Lord, what would you have me do with what you have put into my hands? All that I am and have is yours. What do I have that I haven't received? It's a gift. Even if you gave me the gifts that were needed to get these gifts, the relationships, connections, and ability to work and all these things have led me to have this wealth in my hands. Lord, it's your wealth. It's for your purposes. What would you have me do with it? If listening to Craig today has moved you, if it's stirred you, if it's made you say, you know what? I want to be involved. Maybe in fact, part of what the Lord has given you that wealth for is to be supportive of efforts like Family Promise of Spokane. And so if you have that ability in this moment, maybe now more than ever, it's going to be a moment of stewardship of financial resources for those who have the ability to do that. If that's you, please seriously go check it out. FamilyPromiseofSpokane.org. Maybe consider doing that June 26th, June 25th night uh, without a bed and see if that stirs something in you. Or just in checking out the site and, and seeing the stories, you're saying, you know what? I can make a donation. I can make it. it. It'll barely even scratch the surface of my awareness, but it'll make a huge difference in the lives of a family who's struggling with homelessness right now. So Craig, if you're not going to ask that boldly, I'm going to ask very boldly. <laughs> Support Family Promise of Spokane. Go to familypromiseofspokane.org. And as you're able, as you're able, as you feel called and led, you can click on the donate button and you can stand with them in ending homelessness. So and I would just add real quick, just as a, you know, as summary maybe to that in the night without a bed for me as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, for, it's that one night, hopefully among many nights, right? Where we break down that sort of the world, this hierarchy that the world created about, you know, whether you make so much money or have titles for that one night we're we're all equal, right? And it's really the way we should be. We are in the sight, in the sight of God is that we all are cherished sons and daughters of his. And I think night without a bed gives us a chance to step into that world just very briefly, but also to, you know, rid ourselves of some of this pride and ego and, and some of the you know, the, the, the traps of affluence where we think we're better than somebody or, you know, greater in the, in the sight of God. We're not, we're all equal. He loves us all equally. And for me, that's one of the, the cool points of night without a bed is that on that night, we're all homeless. Amen. Yes. It's uh it's uh, Craig. I, I'm so happy that you had a chance to reach out to me because it, again, it, it makes something that is so easy to put into a safe box that I can rationalize doesn't really impact me to let it come close again and to realize that except for the grace of God, except for his tremendous mercy in my regard, that's me. That's my family. And if it were my family, well, then I would step in and I would do something about it. But to your point, aren't we all God's children? And don't we have a sense of solidarity? A, a, compassionate connection that says, I, I must do something for my own, uh, my own integrity as a follower of Christ, uh, for my own stewardship, 
in, um, in, in being the one that God has, has placed in this moment to tackle these challenges. I, you know, it's just, it, it strikes me, Craig, that we live in a moment that comfortable Christianity, comfortable following of Christ without a on the front lines edge that says, I must live as a, as a generous steward. It's just not an option, but to say yes to that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Tom. I just think, and, and ultimately, we're going to feel better about the world we live in, right? When we're, we're giving, you know, I'm thinking back, I can't think of the painter, but there's that great painting of Jesus basically uncovering the leper or the, this man who's just sitting, thinking the world has shunned him, has forgotten him. And, you know, what the Savior has done is basically say, lift that veil, you know, lift that shroud and see these people for who they are because they are equally as valued and as cherished and have potential. You know, we talk a lot with our families about, you don't even know what your potential is. You know, you, you haven't thought about owning a home. You haven't thought about a college degree. You can do this. We've seen others like you do this and with love and support and encouragement, they can accomplish this, but it starts with the community seeing them in a different light and a positive light. Craig, I'm going to end with a um, sort of like a spiritual reflection that I have in my mind. Uh, one is a an insight I got from one of the holiest priests and philosophy professors I ever knew. Uh, he's still alive that, uh, by the mercy of God. Father Mark Noonan is his name. And he talked about levels of receptivity and that idea of being able to receive. And he said that the deepest level of receptivity is the being receptive to being received in relationship. Mm. So I'm not just uh, open to receive, but I have a receptivity. I'm open to be received into relationship with others. And that's the deepest, most mature level of receptivity. Mm. And I think about that, um, this idea of it's easy to drop and run, like Millie's story, give the sandwich and run. Okay, now I can kind of come the salve on, on my conscience. Um, but the idea of, am I receptive to being received into relationship right. with those who are in a broken condition, with those who are struggling? And here's how I want to say it. This is now my, my spiritual reflection. I, I can't think of the number of times where I've been at an event and I'm with the, I'm going to just put it in quotes, the beautiful people, the one who is like, well-known, the one who has uh, fame, the one who is uh, the one everybody wants to talk to and how, if I can get access to that person, I'm willing to be with that person for as long as possible. Oh, just give me, oh yeah, I'm happy to just be there and just have the conversation. But for the person who is broken, the person who is harder to talk with and listen to, the one who is unknown or unattractive has a brokenness or a neediness that is just a draw like a, a drain how quickly do i just want to run away from that person and it is it's a it's a shame and a scandal that i even say something like that out loud mm-hmm. that i'm so easy and ready to be received into relationship with the beautiful ones but i'm so quick to want to diminish and or eliminate relationships with the broken ones and shame on me, shame on me. 
um, because I know that there are so many saints who show up in distressing disguises in our history and how in my own applying of my, uh, my own criteria, I would have shunted them off and not spent any time with them because they weren't attractive enough for me to spend time with. Yeah, and maybe that's why Jesus reminds us in Matthew, in as much as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So we, we need to look beyond the facade. You're right, but it's tough. If we can do that, our heart will change for sure. And one way to do it is by being willing to be in relationship. And so Family Promise of Spokane is one way. Folks, if you're in the Spokane area, now that COVID has opened things up again, check out ways to get involved with Family Promise of Spokane. If you're listening across the state, check out Catholic Charities. They have a number of initiatives around and across the state, which would give you an opportunity to draw close, to be in relationship. And you know what? You just might find that it is your salvation, not just theirs, to come close to them, that you'll receive even more than you give, that there'll be such a blessing and a place of conversion for you, serving Christ in his distressing disguise. And I'll just give a quick uh, kudos to Catholic Charities here locally. We move a lot of our families into permanent housing that's provided by Catholic Charities, uh, Gonzaga Haven being the latest one. So thank you, Rob, and, and the whole team over there. That's beautiful. Well, that's Craig Howard joining me today from Family Promise of Spokane. Craig, I can't believe it, but we, uh, uh, we're out of time. We took the entire program here to, to spend uh, together. I really appreciate the work that you're doing with Family Promise. I appreciate Joe and, and the work of Family Promise. And I'm circling J- June 25th on my calendar. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Maybe it's good that I'm uncomfortable even thinking about where am I going to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to bring this to my family tonight when we get together and talk about being uncomfortable on June 25th by being part of Night Without a Bed. And I will add real quick, Tom, that we know there are folks with physical limitations, and we certainly don't want people with you know, chronically bad, bad backs to be lying on the floor. So you can still donate to this event without uh, spending the night outside your bed. If you can do it, do it, but don't feel obligated. We don't want people in traction after uh, going the extra mile on June 25th. You know, great point. It's worth saying, right? Uh, the last thing was we'd want is people with sensitive consciences to feel like I'm not, right. partic- I'm not playing a part if I don't sleep on the floor or worse. That is not what we're asking at all. That's not what you're asking. So you do what is in your power. Do it as what what you can. Um, and so, anyways, thank you, Craig. That's a, that was a great reminder to finish up the program. So thanks so much, Craig, for being with me today on Sound Insight. Really appreciate it, Tom. Thank you.